0: Hi everyone, it's Marisa, the producer of Ascension Roundtable. I have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is that this episode is actually our final Ascension Roundtable episode. Over the past two years, we've loved getting to know you guys and speak with so many talented people in ministry. We hope you've been inspired, challenged, and maybe even surprised by what you've heard in these episodes. And we're really grateful for all of your support and feedback. And don't worry, while we won't be producing new episodes, all of our past episodes will all still be available wherever you listen to podcasts and on media.ascensionpress.com. Here's the good news. In the coming months, we will be releasing several exciting new podcasts geared towards Catholic leadership, evangelization, and professional ministry. If you want updates when we release those shows, make sure you subscribe to the Ascension Roundtable here. We'll be publishing some sneak previews of those new shows on this show's feed, and that way you'll be the first to know about them. Thanks for being loyal listeners, and enjoy today's show. You're listening to The Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 83, Little by Little Ministry. Today, we are joined by Brother Isaiah, a Franciscan friar who lives in the Bronx, Brother Isaiah shares how little by little he came to love God, discover his calling toward religious life, and use his musical gifts to serve the Lord. He also shares three pieces of spiritual wisdom that are going to deepen your prayer life and elevate your ministry. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Ascension Roundtable podcast. It's been a while since we've spoken with you. Um... And we're so excited to be back. And we have a real treat for you all today because we have Brother Isaiah from the CFRs. It's a Franciscan order based out of the Bronx. Is that correct, Brother?
1: Yes. Yeah, we're headquartered in the Bronx.
0: And he is going to speak with us a little bit about his own ministry um, his own vocation, and then something that's unique to his ministry that has helped him um, be an instrument to reach others with the message of the gospel, and that instrument is music. So Brother is going to speak with us today a little bit about a really, really neat new project that he's been working on, um, and and then just some ways that God has used his gift of music to reach others' hearts. And at the end of the show, he is going to give some tips for ministry that he. Has learned through all the various um, opportunities that he's had to serve people within the church and outside of the church. So, welcome, brother. Thank you. Joy to
1: be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for being here. We're so excited um, to to get to chat with you. So, I'm going to, before we get into even what the CFRs are, Um, I want to ask you, how did you end up as a CFR? So maybe you could tell us, again, a little bit about your background, a little bit about your vocation story, and then wrap in as well a little bit about the order um, that you're a part of.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, You know, the Lord leads us by little steps. So I I think of my own life, there's there's a lot of little steps um, that the Lord blessed and guided and and worked with at different times, but I was born in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, Uh, grew up uh, near the ocean, and uh, beauty was a a huge part of my life uh, growing up, and and I think a way the Lord um, began very early on to kind of draw my heart and um, grew up, uh, I think, beautiful, blessed uh, life and sports and friends and things like that, and um, had a lot of good mentors growing up along the way. The Lord sent a lot of helpers. So uh, even when I strayed a bit, people would help me uh, continue to guide me along the way and uh, ended up going to school in Boston for college. And um, it was particularly there that uh, discernment really uh, became um, a big question in my life. I had, had a time where I was really struggling with a lot of emptiness and and difficulty and sadness. And the Lord really came and experienced just in the quiet um, of prayer before the Eucharist in an experience of peace, really just tasting sort of the peace that surpasses all understanding. And, um, in a moment when I was really just struggling and felt very empty. And, uh, it was really that experience of his peace, being able to break through, um, my own funk and my own difficulties that really, um, the end is what really pushed me over the edge to want to just follow him and and surrender my plans and be open to his and then it was uh, again through a lot of good helping hands um, in the discernment process of where and i read a biography of saint francis um, that really was um, sort of the, the set the stage to begin looking at franciscan life and i remember reading the life of saint francis and being so captivated by his freedom his joy and his simplicity and I, I just remember thinking I want that I want that and uh Lord's like okay come follow me and uh, I was like oh gotcha so it was there that I uh, started following the Lord and looking into Franciscan life I found our community in the Bronx and uh after a couple years of visiting and, and in conversation with the community I joined the Franciscans of the uh, the renewal in 2008
0: Okay. Wow. That's awesome. And so you mentioned that it was really the experience of Eucharistic Adoration that was an opportunity for God to really speak to your heart. What got you in front of the Eucharist, (laughs) if you don't mind me asking? (laughs) Yeah. uh, Pizza. Pizza got me in front of the
1: Eucharist. The group that ran Adoration on campus um, also um, had a talk with Free Pizza, and it was some of the best pizza in Boston. So the way to my heart was through my stomach. And uh, the Lord um, the Lord knew the deepest desires <laughs> of my heart. But it was some seriously good pizza. And no joke, I would go. Um, they had adoration before the pizza part. And I felt like, well, I don't want anybody to think I'm a hypocrite. So I'll probably just need to go to the prayer part. But meanwhile, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the pizza. But it was really beautiful because uh, in, in the holy hour, it was so quiet. I remember thinking so, you know, what do we talk about? Because pizza is going to happen in an hour. What do we talk about now? And it was really in that quiet that the Lord um, was able to come. So He uses our, our even our broken motivations <laughs> to bless us. But yeah, it was it was initially pizza. I think
0: <laughs> I love it. There's such a I think it is kind of a stereotype of youth ministry and young adult ministry. It's you know it's not just about the pizza, but <laughs> honestly, you know God can use that. <laughs>
1: He uses it all. He uses it all. Oh,
0: man. There was a a study that was released by CARA, the Center for, um, I think, Applied Research in the Apostolate through Georgetown University. They do a lot of research on different issues in the Catholic space and the Catholic world. And, you know, sometimes a lot of these scientific, a lot of scientific research just confirms what's obvious, you know. But they did a, a survey they basically surveyed everybody who became a religious brother or became a priest in you know the space of a year, anybody who entered an order or did their f- final vows. And the top, they, they wanted to find out what were common factors. And the top factors were experience in front of the experiences of prayer, frequent experiences of prayer in front of the Eucharist. Wow. And it's like, you know, it's kind of neat to hear it from a scientific standpoint or from a, you know, the study standpoint, but, you know, you take a minute to step back and you're like, well, of course, Mm. (laughs) but of course that's, um, that's so neat. So just a reminder to all of our listeners, especially, you know, those of you who are working in the vineyard, get in front of the Holy Eucharist, spend some time with the Lord in prayer, and then, um, try to get the people that you're serving to, to have that opportunity as well. Sometimes we get so caught up in, the activities that we forget that just quiet time in front of the Lord is is what moves hearts and changes lives. So thank you so much, brother, for sharing your story with us. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about the CFRS? Yes. Um, yeah, we're a
1: Franciscan community, uh, relatively new. We uh, started in 1987. Um, we started. Our, our, our founding friars were all Capuchin Franciscans, desiring um, to work for. And live a life of of intentional, more intentional renewal, um, kind of responding to the renewal of, of Vatican II, um, getting back to the roots uh, of of our charism in, in the Franciscan life, but also um, trying to do that in a way um, practical and relevant to this moment in history. Um, so they began the community in 1987 in the Bronx, um, and uh, from there uh, we've we've grown little by little, and um, our life is pretty much comprised of of three things. It's uh, firstly, our life of prayer uh, centered on the Lord in um, life of uh, prayer and meditation uh, throughout each day. Uh, Secondly, a life of fraternity. And thirdly, um, the nature of our work, uh, which is uh, hands-on work with the materially poor. So in the neighborhoods that we live, we live in poor neighborhoods and try to serve some need in that way. And then secondly, evangelization, which can look like a lot of different things, but essentially spreading the gospel in, in what we do. Um, and again, um, trying to tap into that renewal of the gospel which is that call to constant conversion and that being sort of the remedy the Lord gives us um, for, for every difficulty in the world and every difficulty in our life. So we begin with our own conversion and that's the renewal that gives birth to renewal in the church, renewal in the world, renewal in our times. So um, that's sort of the heart of our, our life. And we do it after the manner and inspiration of St. Francis.
0: Um, it's beautiful. Where, where could somebody find out a little bit more about your order? Well, we'll probably include this later as well, but just if somebody's listening and, and for some reason that really um, resonates with them, where can they find out more?
1: Yeah, I'd say our website would probably be the best starting place and that's franciscanfriars.com. Um, and yeah, I would say that'd probably be the best place. It's sort of a, Uh, a good, yeah, a little bit of a headquarters for the other information about our life and the things that we do.
0: Great. Well, we'll include that in the show notes for any listeners so that um, you can find that more easily if you happen to forget. Brother, you have been involved in, you said that one of your, the most important things to your order is Is evangelization and hands-on work with the poor. And that takes many different forms as you as you mentioned. But one thing that you're very involved with is music ministry. And um, I'm wondering if you can explain a little bit about how you have been, um, how the Lord has used you and your gift of music to reach others.
1: Yeah, the Lord's uh, really surprised me and and, and blessed me in in unexpected ways. I've always loved music. Um, Music's always been a pretty big part of my life, but uh, since entering our community, uh, our community has a great love of music, and um, it's an interesting thing in the Franciscan history. Music is often a constant thread of the life and charism and one of the expressions of the way we share the gospel, and and it's been the same for our own community. So there's, uh, we have a lot of brothers involved in music ministry in different ways, and we use m- music in our ministry in different ways. Um, but for me, I, I just came in playing music, and a lot of opportunities opened up throughout um, my journey as a friar to play music in different settings, whether it be giving a talk to a youth group or at a parish mission. Um, all, so many different opportunities, unexpected Um, And that's opened up um, an opportunity to create. And even in my free time as well, there's been a lot of space to play music with brothers. And uh, again, uh, something of a canvas to create. And over the years, I've been able to um, write some music. And in 2016, I was blessed to be able to record a a, a short EP uh, called Broomstick of music I had written. And then just um, this October, I was able to finish another project, Poco a Poco. So um, music's a constant part of our life, and one of the expressions um, uh, in which we share the gospel, but also an expression in our fraternal life, and our life of prayer. It's it's sort of a constant part of the life, and, and I've been blessed to be able to share it in, in the last few years.
0: So we're actually going to take a pause right now and just play you a little snippet of a song from Poco a Poco, and that song is called Angel Song. So we're going to take a quick moment and share that with you now holy
2: angels bless the lord sing with me praises to the lord holy angels help me sing holy angels help
0: Brother, that is so beautiful. Again, for our listeners, that was Angel Song from the album Poco a Poco. Brother, can you tell us what Poco a Poco means for those of us who are challenged when it comes to other languages?
1: Yes, as a fellow uh, person challenged. But Poco a Poco means uh, little by little in Spanish, little by little.
0: And if you listen to the, the entirety of the song, um, you'll get a little bit of, of that as it comes out um, in your lyrics. So... It's awesome, and um, we're going to play a little bit more from his album when we transition to the break, but if you're interested in in hearing more of that album, you can find it in iTunes, Um, you can find it... um at ascensionpress.com we we have um, a link to it there and you can also find a link in the show notes brother are there other ways that people can find that music i know it's also in spotify actually i listened to it last night in spotify oh thank you yeah the,
1: the, those would be the best ways and it's um, being published by ascension press so uh, th- that would be the main those would be the main ways to get it yes
0: okay great now you mentioned um, this that you've had these different opportunities to, to work with others with music. And I'm wondering just really personally, um, you know, we're going to talk for a few minutes about music as an opportunity to evangelize how that works. Um, and I'm wondering what, in a personal way, what role has music played in your conversion? So maybe in, in your earlier days of your walk with Christ and then now as a brother, um, how does the Lord continue to work in your heart through music?
1: Yes, thank you. Great question. Um, you know, I think the first uh, role music had in my life, looking back, is it really was the way in which the Lord taught me how to pray. And I and I say that he taught me how to pray even before I really had what I would call maybe a a life of prayer or, or a practice of daily prayer. Um, I remember when, after I got my license as a teenager, just listening to the music that I loved in the car by myself and singing at the top of my lungs. And uh, looking back, I think what I loved about the musicians I listened to is their ability to articulate what was going on in their hearts and in their lives. And through that, they were enabling me to articulate the deepest desires and longings of my heart. And that was before I necessarily had a, a life of prayer or felt like the Lord was interested in this sort of thing. But I found that without me knowing it, the Lord was really teaching me teaching me how to get in touch with what was going on in my life what, what was most important what was pressing there what were the difficulties what were the hopes the desires the fears the struggles the pains and that was really um, a teaching on how to pray because I it gave me material to bring to the Lord and as I was screaming at the top of my lungs in a car by myself as a teenager it was the Lord who was there with me now that I look back at it and he was really teaching me how to get to the heart of it and um, you know, that's the place the Lord wants us to pray from in, in the heart. And that's the place where he wants to visit us. And music has always been the path and the vehicle that's brought me to the heart. So from the beginning, that's the way the Lord used it before I even knew he was using it. And, and you know, the beauty of, of sound and the wonder that that brings all kind of opening me to his presence, to his fatherly goodness at work in my life, even before I knew it. And then I'd say um, the conversion story is still ongoing here. So the Lord is still using music in the same way for me. It's it's a way um, in which I work out uh, the things I'm praying about, the things I'm struggling with, the joys, the encounters the Lord um, brings to my life. It's, it's a way that teaches me how to pr- pray. It's an expression for prayer more than anything else. It's the place where I wrestle with the Lord. Music is really the place where um, heaven and earth meet within me. And it, sometimes it's a little of a fight, but it's a beautiful thing. And um, music it teaches me how to pray. It, it's a place where I learn how to articulate to the Lord what's in my heart. And it's a place where the Lord um, articulates to me the things that are in his heart. And uh, so it continues to be a, a, a school of prayer. Music is a school of prayer and a school of the heart, um, because it brings us in touch with the heart. Mm.
0: What do you What do you think it is about music that really opens the heart?
1: Yeah, you know, it's beauty, and beauty is is one of um, the ways we access God. It's one of uh, His first languages. It's it's who He is. He's the source of all beauty, and that's why art in general is such a an incredible uh, vehicle for the encounter with God. And um, you know, we experience this, I think, in the experience of wonder. It opens our hearts to takes down our defensiveness. It, it takes down all the, the walls around our hearts. It, it brings a certain peace and stillness. Um, so I'd say it's beauty. Beauty is a language of God and it's uh, who God is. And so that's why I think every experience of beauty is an experience of God. And so music is very much a uh, very clear vehicle for for the encounter with him. So,
0: Yeah, I like how you said it, it really breaks down barriers. I remember, so two quick kind of instances of that that I've witnessed in my life. Um, One summer, my sister and I were backpacking in Italy and we were um, in Florence and we were in one of their piazzas there. You know how they have these wide open piazzas? It's something that in, in the United States, especially if you live in suburbia, you don't have these gathering places. But I remember distinctly that they had a high school band playing in this piazza. It was a large high school band. And, you know, if you're traveling in Italy, there are just people there from all over the place. And I remember this band playing and this piazza was completely packed. And this band was playing um, like songs from the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. They were playing Jackson 5. They were playing all these different, you know, all these different popular songs that so many people know. And everybody from all these different countries was just having a blast. Little kids, adults. And um, to me, it was just this moment of realizing, like, oh, my gosh, there's so much that is divisive. But for some reason, in this moment, everybody is experiencing joy. There's something there's almost a taste of heaven here. Um just even even though the music was it was secular, it wasn't anything there wasn't anything that was explicitly religious about the experience, but it felt it felt very spiritual um, in in kind of a profound way. Um, and I think that's you said it. It just breaks down barriers. It it makes people um, it takes down their defenses. Um, and then just an, another experience was of seeing beauty as an avenue for the Lord to really break down somebody's walls. Um, I have a friend who whose parents are divorced and his father is an alcoholic and really distant from the family. There's just so much brokenness there. Um, and when my friend had his first child, his father came back, um, and they had kind of this experience with him where he came for a day and they didn't really know what to expect him and his wife. Um, but when his father saw this baby, all of a sudden, his father had this like emotional it was like a release and um it was this experience of the baby being beautiful that somehow took this father from this kind of very callous um, personality to being kind of just melted him and um and I think that like what you said just God is present in that beauty, and sometimes we think it's in the explanations or it's in the teaching or the catechesis. And it's not that God's not present there, but it's really hard to deliver those things if the defenses are up. And so God often presents himself first um, in those experiences of beauty.
1: Yeah, I really love um, both of those stories. And and the first one reminds me of something I've come across as well, is music is still a language that we all speak. And that's what I find so profound right now, is, you know, as we all struggle to find common languages in which to have, you know, dialogue about uh, the human life and the human experience in this moment in history. Music is a a language everybody speaks and and everybody knows, everybody taps their feet. Everybody moves when they start a good beat, you know, and that's the beauty of it. It's a, it's a common language and, and a way to speak and a way to be with people.
0: Do you have any, do any stories stick out to you of, of times where you've seen music really break through someone's defenses and tra- their hearts are transformed?
1: Yeah, two two stories come to mind, but I should say also music breaks my own defenses. So I, I yeah. see that on the day-to-day basis, which is always mind-blowing. It always breaks down my own walls and lets God in when um, the beauty of music is, is very helpful. It's like a, a hammering rod to my heart, so it's, <laughs> it breaks in. But two really beautiful encounters where the Lord just just really revealed himself and his goodness to me. Um, the first was several years back when I was, uh, I was doing a music event in Manhattan. And on the way home, I had a guitar on my back. And on the way home, I was with another brother, and we came across a homeless man in downtown Manhattan. And he just looked up at us and he said, hey, man, play me a song. I'm like oh, okay, so we sat down with him and I and I played him a song. And uh, this is the story behind the Jacob song, which is another song from Broomstick. And the man's name was Jacob. And we sat there and we played the song. And he tapped his feet. He clapped a bit. And we just had this moment of communion where both of us sat there together, enjoying the beauty of song, singing together. And just enjoying this moment, and um, the Lord really visited that that time for me. Um, and the man shared, he's like, hey, I like that song." So I said, "I'm grateful, man. It's it's named after you now." So um, we just had this moment of communion. Here we were, you know, worlds apart in our in our different backgrounds and situations, and you know, both of us struggling in our own ways. Um, but we came together and had this moment, and the Lord was in in the midst of it. And I really learned a lot from Jacob. He was sharing about how. He felt people are too busy. We miss, we miss even the flowers in Central Park. He said, Sometimes I just want to go up and, and hug the trees because nobody notices them. And I, and I was just so touched by his awareness of beauty. And we had this moment where we just were able to share something. So the first thing was that common language. You know, music as this common language um, and this place of communion that that brings two hearts together. And in that, enjoying the presence and goodness of our Father. Um, the second one was actually on a, a plane flight uh with another brother of ours um, and we were flying and the stewardess um was very kind and asked uh, as we were getting ready uh towards the end of the the flight um if we'd be interested in playing on the plane and uh I was like, what I don't even know if that's that's legal, but anyway we <laughs> Anyway, she, uh, she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come and play. People would enjoy it. And so no joke, we got in the back, uh, back of the plane and played over the intercom, um, which was so wild. Um, and, uh, we, we had like a dance party in the back of the plane. No joke. I mean, only the Lord can do these things. Um, but I had an incredible experience on that because, um, I had a few people from that, that plane ride, um, contact me and, and just share some of the joys that we had in that experience. And I was so blown away because you think today, like planes are some of the most tense places ever, Oh
0: yeah, you know,
1: in their own world. And we're all a little like too close bumping elbows. And here we are in that setting and music again, brings us together and brings certain lightheartedness to the, to the space. And it's again, a language everyone understands. Yeah. So here we are playing on this on, in, in this plane. But I just remember thinking only only God and only the beauty of of sound and music can um, create such a joyful atmosphere in a place that's, you know, oftentimes very tense and, and uh, but, you know, everybody's doing their own things. So here we were sharing this moment of communion on a plane flight. So anyway, the Lord continues to blow my mind in the way he uses beauty to communicate himself and to communicate the gifts he wants to give to us.
0: What music did you play on the plane?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, Good Shepherd. It was the time, it I was
1: just after release Broomstick at that time. And I was actually going to play it at, at a show for something. And so the song was Good Shepherd. And uh, that was appropriate because the first thing that came to mind is, Lord, only you can lead me to situations like this. So <laughs> I really felt the presence of the Good Shepherd. But I had this amazing encounter with the The uh, plane attendants there, the flight attendants, uh, and the people on the plane. And uh, it was actually because one of the passengers said, hey, yeah, yeah, you guys should play. I'm like, okay, here we go. And uh, we just had this amazing moment. It was a real experience of God in our midst at 25,000 feet.
0: That is so cool. I just, like, grinning from ear to ear, just imagining that.
1: Oh, man, Um, it was crazy.
0: (laughs) I I was just on on a flight to texas with my two little ones so i had two under well a two-year-old and a a three-month-old i was traveling by myself and i just can't tell you how much joy would have been brought to me (laughs) on that flight if that had happened while we were there so man i i'm a little jealous of those passengers who got to be with you on that flight
1: it was a joy it was a real special moment so grateful to god for it
0: well, we are going to take a a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about um some some tips that you have for those who are working in the vineyard, um and everybody really is working in the vineyard. I mean, that's by virtue of our baptism, we're all called um to to go out and to share the gospel with others. Um, but during our break, we're going to actually play a song for you, and we're not going to tell you, we're not going to explain anything about the song right now, but listen to it, and when we come back, uh, Brother Isaiah is going to connect the lyrics of that song to, to his experience um, in ministry.
2: You keep telling me that you're struggling I just don't know if that's such a bad thing No, 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 but you keep telling me that you're struggling I just don't know if that's such a bad thing No, no, no But you say, Lord I'm like a flickering wick, I'm like a broken reed I'm like a ship storm-tossed and rocked upon the sea I'm like a mountain torn in two by an earthquake I look inside and all I see is just this heartache So my soul keeps crying from the crucible Fighting through this night like Jacob did at Peniel. Oh, I'm struggling, oh God Can't you see that I'm struggling? You keep telling me that you're struggling. Struggling. I just don't know if that's such a bad thing. thing. No, no, no. But you keep telling me that you're
0: struggling. Struggling. All right, welcome back, Uh, brother. I'm not gonna say anything. I want you to explain just a little bit. How does that song, "The Struggler," Come out of your experience of ministry, and what do you want to share with our listeners um, in their walk through that through that song?
1: Yeah, um, well, that song is really um, it was is born of of my own struggles and in, in ministry, but maybe more so in the struggle of prayer. And I think that is the heart of ministry is is the struggle of prayer and the life of prayer. So um, in this time when I want to talk a little bit about t- maybe some little tips uh, or thoughts for ministry I'm talking about thoughts for prayer because um that has to be the fountain of our ministry it has to be from the place of prayer and it has to be from our hearts otherwise it's just um an activism we really need ministry and prayer need to be one thing and um, and and flowing from my life of prayer comes my ministry, and ministry flows back into my life of prayer. And all of that is um, oftentimes um, born in a, a dialogue of struggle with the Lord. I often think of Israel, at, uh, Jacob, the patriarch Jacob, um, struggling with the Lord at Peniel um, with the angel in the night. And, and that's, um, I think, an image of prayer and, and an image of ministry as well sometimes. Um, so that's where that song comes from. And uh, from that song, I thought I'd maybe offer my two cents uh, for those in ministry. And, and I hope it's helpful. These are this is what the, I feel the Lord is often encouraging me in. And the first thing for ministry, I would say maybe three things that are all very much related. But the first thing is I want to encourage uh, all those in ministry um, to descend into the restlessness of your heart and learn to pray from that place Descend into the restlessness of your heart and learn to pray from that place. Learn to seek God in that place. I think so many times we see our restlessness and our issues and our drama and all the other things that come up in our life as obstacles to ministry. We think if only I could get this thing out of my life then I could really get into ministry but I think the Lord sees it very differently. He wants us to see our ministry as being born of that place, of that difficulty, of that wrestling, of that restlessness, of that that hard place. So I wanna encourage you all, as the Lord constantly encourages me, to descend into the restlessness of your heart and to learn to pray from there, to seek God there, and then through the discovery of God's presence there, through your wrestling, Let that be the place from which the proclamation comes. Let that be the place from which your ministry comes forth, right? Because we tend to preach from what we know, which is important, obviously. But sometimes we play it safe. We're like, well, I remember this one time in my life God said this, so I'm going to keep it safe and, and, and pray from there. But especially I think of youth ministry, but any type of ministry, people need to hear your encounter with God in the difficult places of your life. And when you preach from those places, the experience of God made flesh in your difficulties, that's what credible witnesses, is. And that's the gospel. It's finding God where we didn't think he could exist in our hearts, in our lives, in our world. And when we find him there through the wrestling, and we preach about that experience, people are comforted people hear the good news as if for the first time. So again, the word is descend into the restlessness of your heart, of your lives, and learn to pray from that place it's to find God. Seek him there. Ask, knock there. And then out of that, let your ministry flow. Um, so that's the main word. And then the second two two tidbits um, uh, would be related to it. And oftentimes, how, so practically, what does that look like? I would say it looks like The struggle to be still, the struggle to be still. God says in Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. And this is a word for ministry. We think, oh, that's a word for prayer. What's a word for ministry? No, this is a word for ministry. um, Because in our ministry, we want to be preaching from the place of knowing that he is God, right? That's what takes the pressure off. That's what keeps us just poor instruments, but beloved by God, right? That's what keeps us everything in right perspective. Be still and know God, right? That's, we wanna preach from a place of stillness. And I'm not saying a stillness where everything's okay, everything's all worked out, but the stillness of knowing God in the midst of my storms, knowing that God is, um, that that's the foundation. So be still, and that's a struggle. I'm not talking like, we can't just turn off our, our restless thoughts and our restless feelings. Um, but the struggle to learn to find God in the midst of the storm, is the struggle to be still before God and and to know that he is God. And and the knowledge of him being all powerful, all loving, all good, having everything in his hands comes from um, the attempt to try to be still, to to, to be still before my thoughts and feelings um, and the restlessness of my life. That's a a worthy struggle, that's a noble struggle. And out of it is born the knowledge that God is and that all will be well. And I wanna preach from that place I wanna share from that place. Um, as one poor man to another, I wanna share the good news from that place. And the last one is just the words of Jesus, which I, I, I often ask God to tattoo on my, onto my heart at all times, is um, his words, do not let your hearts be troubled, Neither let them be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And it's interesting his wording there. Do not allow your hearts to be troubled. So he puts it in our court, right? He says, like, apparently we have some freedom there. And oftentimes we allow ourselves to be troubled very often. We allow our inner uh, peace in the presence of God to be be disquieted. And we, right, through worry and through putting too much pressure on ourselves to perform rather than let God just use us in our brokenness. And so I often just try to keep those words before my mind and and ask the Lord to write them on my heart. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, the Lord says, um, you know, keep it light, child, keep it light. You know, we take things so seriously and, and, and that's important in its proper place. But more than anything, um, it's the childlike heart, right? The untroubled heart. Where God is able to do so much. So fear not the struggle because that's a that's a struggle to 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 take those words to heart. but um I think the Lord wants us to hear those constantly in ministry, so that we preach from the place of peace, we share from um, a peaceful poverty. Uh, that's where God wants uh, that's all he needs. It's like a Bethlehem, right? it's it's a poor place in which God can be born again in the different circumstances of our ministry. So, that's my two cents from one poor man to, to another, um, yeah, you know, to, to be at peace.
0: I'm going to listen to that over and over again <laughs> because, oh my goodness. I, I mean, I think it's just so, um, you know, I'm a mom and I, I have two kids and I've got a full-time job and, um, just personally hearing you say that just really speaks to my heart right now because it's so, um, it's just so easy to take everything so seriously um, and to just put pressure on myself um, to do everything perfectly, to do, to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And um, it's just such a good reminder. I think CS Lewis, I don't know if it was CS Lewis, so please don't, um, listeners, please do not look this up and write in about how I misquoted anybody. (laughs) Um, take it, take it at, uh, you know, for what it's worth. But I think he said something about the angels are able to fly because they take themselves lightly. Oh, that is a word. Yeah. Oh
1: man, that is a word.
0: And on the on the flip side, I think he said something about like the, the angels that descended to hell took themselves too seriously.
2: Oh man, <laughs> I got
1: you on that. Oh man, I got you on that.
0: Look it up before you quote me. <laughs> Wherever it came from is true. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it is so, um, you know, what, what you said about, um, yeah, do not, I think you said it like the Lord says, don't take your, take yourself lightly or take yourself lightly, child. And I think that's, that's just so good. Yeah, you
1: know, in the gospels, he says, um, do not let your hearts be weighed down by the cares of this life. Do not let your hearts be weighed down by the cares of this life. And, um, that's a, that's a, that's an important word, right? And you know, the thing is he's the savior and he just wants us to cooperate with that work in a very little way. Each of us have our own little spot and all he wants is just a little cooperation. He's the one doing it. It's almost like a father building a treehouse who asks his child just to hand him the nails. And, and he's really proud of us in this. And he gives us a great dignity in this, but also, to keep it in perspective, he's the one building the treehouse, right? He just, just hands, hand him the nail. That's, the, you know, that's the little part we have. And and he loves that. That's, 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 he wants it to be a lighthearted, joyful thing, even in the midst of its difficulties.
0: Yeah. And like you said, when you're in the difficulties, that that's the opportunity for prayer and that it's okay to share that, mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with the people you're serving so that they also see that you are, that you don't have it all figured out. Yep. Um, yep. You know, I think that especially with young people, if you're serving young people, one of the hardest things for a young person to to see, and it's like scandalizing to them, is somebody who is speaking about the Lord, but doesn't have any, um, doesn't seem to have suffered at all. Yep. Um, And so I think that that's such a good reminder. So the first, just a recap, that first word that you said was descend to the restlessness and meet the Lord there. That the rest, the the things that make you restless are not a distraction from the Lord if you take them to the Lord and and let the Lord speak to you through them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then number two was, um, oh my goodness, I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to. No. You tell us number two. I'm going to throw it back to you. The, number two is really related to number one, but it's, it's
1: how to do that. It's struggle to be still. Struggle, struggle to be to still. Be, be right. still and know that I'm God. So know that I'm fight God. the good fight of that struggle to, to allow the Lord to quiet your heart, not to, to turn off your thoughts and feelings, but to quiet you in the midst of them.
0: Mm. And then um, number three is do not let the troubles of the world weigh you down. Take yourself lightly. Because that's what the Lord wants.
1: Yeah, keep it light, and uh, He says um, He gives us His peace, and He says, "Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid." And He's not talking about the experience of feeling of fear; that's natural. But don't be afraid of your fears, or let the f- the fearfulness disturb the waters, right? In His presence. Uh,
0: that is just beautiful, and I'm so grateful personally to have had this opportunity to talk to you, even just right now in this moment in my life, and so I'm sure that, yeah. that there are so many listeners who are just going to really hear the Lord through your words, so thank you for for being willing to share that, um, share just your ministry, your heart, and some of the wisdom that you've gained Um, through your relationship with the Lord with us. So thank you so much, brother.
1: Joy to be with you and and all of you listening. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And we're going to close out with another song from brother Isaiah's album. Um, And we haven't decided what it is. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now, brother. What song would you like to leave our listeners with?
1: Hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe love song for the bride and um maybe think of this as as a song for our hearts it's a song for the church um but it's also a song for each of our hearts um and it's a song about the bridegroom and the bride and our hearts are, are really the bride of god and in the and the, the one he loves and so maybe love song for the bride and uh think of it as the story of god's love for our own hearts
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And those of you who are listening, just make sure to check out Poco a Poco on Spotify or on iTunes or at ascensionpress.com. Any of those places you can find and enjoy. And really, um, your heart will be spoken to, I promise. The Lord will break down your defenses if if you give it a shot. So, brother, thank you so much. God bless you. We're praying for you and your ministry and all of your brothers there in the Bronx and around the world.
1: Grateful for that. God bless
2: you. Peace.
0: Thank you. Holy Mount Zion,
2: bride of the Most High God, see behold your beauty, radiant in the gaze of your lover king. You're a princess, you're a bride But you don't seem to see it on the inside I see you running after so many lovers, yeah Just to find yourself alone and uncovered, yeah Beat down, strung out, so unsatisfied With all the masks you wear and all the tricks you've tried I see you running, see you stumbling, see you falling down I see you longing, see you dying just to be found Oh, holy mountains. See, behold your beauty. Yeah. Radiant in the gaze of your lover king. Behold, the bridegroom is here. Behold, the bridegroom is here. Zion, oh Zion, oh Zion, oh Zion. Come out to meet him. Behold, the bridegroom is here. Behold, the bridegroom is here. Zion, oh Zion, oh Zion, oh Zion, Zion. Out to meet him, yeah. oh, come out to meet him, yeah, come out to meet him, yeah.